How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Bucks presented by Brewhoop.com. I am Frank Madden. I'm joined by Eric Name. And Eric, we actually had another preseason game last night. Wasn't that wasn't that enjoyable? Did you enjoy that? I did. We're hanging up a, we're hanging up a championship banner here in the preseason, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, maybe a very small, maybe a very small little uh, little banner. It, it, <laughs> a pennant. A pennant, yeah. maybe. The only the, the the thing that immediately shot into my mind as far as you know, insignificant hangings of things in basketball gyms was I think in my first or second summer league in Vegas, uh, Nate Robinson had been like a summer league all-star for three or four straight summers or something like that. So they actually took his, (laughs) you know, practice summer league Jersey and they actually raised it to the wall of the (laughs) small gym at UNLV and then they put it up there. Uh, as a Jersey retirement on the last day of summer league, which was like, is this an insult? Is this something you should be proud of? <laughs> and then literally 10 minutes after the, the game ended, a guy came over with a, a, a ladder and took it back down. It's, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's UNLV's random smaller gym. Like what yeah. the hell is Nate Robinson Jersey doing there? Uh, but anyway, enough about that. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks do rack up their second preseason win in as many games uh after the five-day layoff uh or technically four-day layoff since the monday win in chicago they beat the mavericks in madison 88 to 74 seemed like a good crowd in madison for the second straight year and why don't we you know rather than give you kind of the full rundown i mean you can we'll give you the link to to the game recap that that eric did um we'll kind of jump into to what we liked and what we didn't like and because we're so positive and it was a win. Uh, I think we can start with likes. And the obvious one uh, to start with is Jabari Parker, 21 points uh, on 9 of 14 shooting in, in 24 minutes. What did you see from Jabari Parker? And was it a different Jabari Parker from Monday? Was it a different Jabari Parker from what we saw in the second half of last season? Or is it just, I guess, an evolving, better, more idealized Jabari Parker that we always knew was there? Oh, wow. Um None, none of the above. I'm trying none to of the above, both, I'm, maybe none. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to answer that one. Um, I guess I'm, I'm kind of tiring of seeing, like after that game last night, I was like, oh, Jabari's, pro- he's ready for a breakout. It's gonna happen because he scored 21 points on nine of 14 in a preseason game against a Mavericks team that didn't play through their best players. That, that's why he's gonna have a breakout. Like, if you want to say Jabari Parker's gonna have a breakout. Tell me something about what he did after the All-Star break, and that's fine. But if your reasoning for why Jabari Parker's going to have a breakout was that game against the Mavericks, you're out of your mind because that's the Jabari Parker you saw after the All-Star break. He was dunking everything. And I I think last night, what what do you have, six dunks? Seven dunks? So he dunked. So so I guess for me, the, the thing that was strange last night was everyone like, oh, yeah, he's ready to break out. If I would have told you, okay, 
you're going to see this preseason game, and then you're going to think Jabari's ready to break out. Don't you think he would have hit a three? Don't you think he would have made a few plays in the pick and roll? Don't you think he would have had a few assists? Don't you think he would have been great defensively? Like, wouldn't those be the things that you would think of for a Jabari Parker breakout? Not dunks? Or am I crazy here, Frank? Because I saw it all over my timeline last night, and I don't get it. Well, I, I think part of it is just because we've been away from basketball for however many months. And so I think just seeing Jabari look aggressive, and really two games in a row. I mean, he, I think there was a lot of consistency between the two games insofar as Jabari trying to aggressively attack the rim. And last night, more shots went down. He had a bunch of transition opportunities that, that he didn't necessarily have against Chicago. And I think people, you know, in general are looking for reasons for, for optimism with him. And I think there are you know, certainly a lot of them. Um, so I would agree. I mean, I think a lot of the optimism is really building on what we saw in the second half of last season when he averaged 19 points per game after the all-star break and i think on top of that the chris middleton injury adds a degree of necessity to it that you know there there wasn't before you know previously jabari being a guy who attacked off one dribble and finished uh and played off of chris and Giannis as primary ball handlers you kind of needed to, to to be into that sort of narrative in order to kind of make it all work because there just weren't going to be you know lots of time for for Jabari to just be dwelling on the ball and getting lots of you know offense run through him necessarily yeah. uh, but I think now there's more more of that sense sentiment that okay Jabari's actually got to be more like the you know alpha scorer that people projected he might be coming out of Duke and he's looking very much ready to be that guy even if in the grand scheme of things well i think he's just looking for shots he's taking you know i think we mentioned after the first game he probably took more bad shots um than than we were used to him taking which we of course actually find to be a good thing because it means that he's looking for shots um i think the big difference between the two games as you mentioned though is uh last night i don't i mean what was the the longest shot he took last night a 15 foot like pull up which he missed i think he took one short jumper um he kind of bullied his way for a layup and then he had just like a ton of dunks basically from there on out uh so i mean we love dunks yeah we we want we we want to see those three very (laughs) want to see those (laughs) we want to see those 300 dunks from Giannis and jabari this year um but and we talked about in the context of the three-point shooting discussion, uh, Jabari, and I think he certainly was more the bellwether for the team last night because they only shot 16 threes, only made five, and two of those were from Steve Novak in the waning minutes. So basically they were three out of 13 until Steve Novak um, came in and, and made the, the stats look a little bit better. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Jabari was is absolutely not looking for his three-pointer. He wasn't last night, uh, did a couple times against the Bulls. Uh, and I think that's really the dimension that, uh, you know, Jabari Parker skill-wise and from a, an all-around game perspective, if he's going to break out in that sense, those are obviously things that I think we need to see, especially, um, you know, if Giannis is is not uh, finding his range and and becoming more dynamic in that way. And, and we'll get to that, unfortunately, uh, in the things that maybe don't make us so happy because Giannis, again, was pretty pretty anonymous by his standards but anyway so i I think maybe there's a way we can we can we can square all these things and i guess don't don't get me wrong it it would be great if jabari is the guy he was post all-star break like if he can do the 19 points per game and he can score very efficiently that's great but i i just can't handle someone telling me what they saw last night is a reason why they think jabari is going to break out because there was literally nothing new displayed that was jabari parker after the all-star break last year he he dunked everything <laughs> and again it's very cool but i i just i cringed when i saw like oh yeah he's ready for a breakout well not a, if 
if sustaining what he did after the All Star break is a breakout, sure. But if you're you're saying that's a reason why he's going to score twenty three points a game, twenty five points a game, well, no, that it, that just doesn't make any sense. So so hopefully it it continues to be this good. And obviously an, an attacking Jabari Parker is very exciting. Um, but as far as developing anything new, I don't know if I saw any of that. Yeah, I think uh, it was interesting because uh, again he, he's he's making plays and. Uh, he had one phenomenal one-handed defensive rebound where he had a guy on his back and, and he came down with it and then started sprinting the ball up the court. Um, he had a lot of highlight plays. He hit his head on the rim uh, on the one play, uh, which <laughs> is a cool problem to have. Ugh. Yeah, is is a good problem to have. Um, but yeah, is he a different player defensively? No. Why don't we say why don't we save that for the dislikes? <laughs> yeah, we um, can do that. Probably probably my my the play that I was the most well. Not the play I was the most frustrated with, but one play that I, I wish he would have done something differently on, and I'll use this as a segue, uh, was when he stole a ball and was kind of one-on-one with a guy, went to a spin move, and he went up and dunked it. And, you know, there there never before have I wished <laughs> that a dunk ended up in a different way because he had Thon Maker trailing, and he would have had an easy dunk as well. And I thought, man, wouldn't it have been cool if Jabari dropped it off? for the rookie to get a big dunk to kind of in his first game, get him going. Uh, but you know, scorer has got a score, I guess. Uh, so Jabari dunked it himself, but Thon maker, uh, three or six from the field, nine points, three or four from the foul line, uh, missed a couple threes, uh, played 20 minutes, 20, 21 minutes, four rebounds, uh, a block shot. And, uh, I thought generally looked the part, um, you know, I don't think he showed us anything that we, didn't expect, uh, but by the same token, this is his first, or this is, let's say this is the closest we've seen him yet in, <laughs> in, in something approximating uh, NBA competition. And, and I think certainly from that perspective, uh, he passed his first test. And especially given the injury, it was great to see him on the court and, and looking the part of a guy who, who might be, you know, at some point this year, a rotation player. Yeah, I thought one, uh, there was, I guess the, in, his entire game was fascinating to me. Uh, but some things that stuck out to me were, I think in Summer League, we talked about the fact that Thon is kind of just running all over the place right now. He's very excited to try to block shots, and he's very excited to try to get steals. And that's great, and his energy you can feel his energy when he comes in. And I think that's kind of something both of us have expected out of him, that when he comes in, he's going to bring energy to the team. But at the same time, I was kind of intrigued to see the Bucks almost encourage that to another level with having Thon do so much of that trapping uh, where a Dallas player would be bringing the ball up the floor and at the opposite free throw line, Thon would be running for a trap. And it seemed like the Bucks were like, yeah, let's, let's take advantage of this. Let's speed Thon up. And it was just interesting to me because I think I'm more interested in a more disciplined and harnessed Thon uh, and it looked like they were very much encouraging, go crazy, Thon. Let's do some cool stuff. Let's have you run all over the place. And, again, that's fine. And I, I think he'll thrive in that role because he's so talented. I mean, at seven foot one, two, whatever he is, and his long arms and his long strides and his quick feet, he's going to be a monster in that role. Um, and, and it may be good for his rookie season to do that thing, but I guess the the harnessed – discipline thon is the thon that i'm very much intrigued in maybe three to four years down the road uh and it looks like the bucks may not be all that interested in him this year um but it it was just interesting to see i guess it it is interesting to to see how they use his skills especially on the defensive end because 
Uh, he is uniquely capable. I think, you know, not a lot of 7-1 guys can move their feet and get up and down the court. Um, I mean, the getting up and down the court stuff is, I think, a little bit overrated. I mean, he did, because of his quickness up and down the court, get uh, a lob dunk from uh, Brogdon at one point, which mm-hmm. was cool to see. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I mean, we've seen this with Larry Sanders before. You know, the guys who cover tons of ground uh, just sort of, you know, longitudinally and running up and down the court. Uh, you know, mostly you're going to run up and down the court and not necessarily show that much to have for it. Uh, yeah. Thon did almost get a chase down block at one point. I uh, got called for a foul, uh, but prevented a, a dunk at one point, uh, which was cool to see. Uh, but I think the more interesting thing about him is more his ability to to move in space sort of laterally and, and pick up smaller guys. Um, you know, at various points he picked up Wes Matthews and, and Harrison Barnes. And, okay, neither of those guys are necessarily dynamic uh, ball handlers or, or drivers of the ball. Um, but, you know, he really doesn't have too much of a problem sticking with guys like that for you know short little periods uh and and keeping sort of the offense honest uh so i think that gives you i think more options in the long term when you think about being able to switch and defend in space and uh you know whether you want to be really aggressive with trapping or you know show and recover whatever you want to do i think thon is a guy who's probably going to be able to do all those things uh and so it'll be fun to see sort of how they they utilize him going forward and um i think certainly if he you know especially it can be hard to see how he's going to get maybe minutes uh given just sort of the way the roster is right now um i will say this if we actually got to a situation where Toledovich, for instance, was starting with Giannis and Jabari. Um, and I think this is kind of segues into the other thing I liked last night, which was the experimentation with that kind of three forward lineup of, mm-hmm. of Giannis, Jabari and Toledovich starting. Um, if we saw Toledovich starting more regularly um, or once, uh, then I think it. <laughs> It, it makes it a lot easier to see Thon maybe getting some minutes at the power forward spot. Uh, you know, I still think you're going to see Giannis and Jabari shifting to those those spots uh, in open minutes when Toledovich isn't on the court. But uh, we've been obviously been debating, you know, where do you put Thon when he's probably more of a four and you've got basically three guys in Giannis, Jabari and Toledovich who would seem to gobble up all the four minutes. And you've got three true centers who are obviously all kind of proven and being paid a ton of money who uh, he'd have to beat out probably two of those guys uh, as the team currently stands to get minutes there. So I think that's the other interesting thing. And I don't know if I I don't know if I feel like I got a great handle on what that group could do, that trio of of Giannis Mirza and and Jabari. Uh, You know, playing with Monroe makes it a little bit harder because obviously anytime Monroe's in the game, so much of the offense kind of funnels through him. Uh, But it was cool seeing Toledovich kind of pull up for that really long uh, three pointer off off a Giannis dump off pass. Uh, And, you know, as we were discussing last week about playing fast and and shooting threes, those things oftentimes go hand in hand. And and having a guy like Mirza who can um, be a trailer and and pull up uh, in transition is is really valuable. So I don't know. Mirza was trying to get three of those before that, like before that, the one he finally got, (laughs) like he had pulled up at that right wing area and was ready to gun one. And credit to the Mavs, they actually got out there and closed him out and he passed off to Delhi or Giannis. But he is hunting those. Last year, I joked that Mayo and Bayless were the transition three hunters, and Mirza wants transition threes desperately, which is again exciting. It makes your it makes your fast break so much better. Um, so so that's gonna be really interesting. Um, I guess one thought on Thon, I was surprised that he was never the center in a small lineup at any point. I thought that was something we might see experimented with last night, but he played pretty much only power forward. Um, so I wonder if that'll stay the same through the rest of the preseason. Um, it, 
almost kind of has to with those three centers because otherwise I don't see how, again, how or how Thon can try to get on the floor. Um, so that'll be interesting. But uh, the three-man line or that three-person trio of Giannis, Jabari, and Mirza, I think it kind of played out uh, the way that we saw. Again, I don't think we got to see a ton of it, but I think we would have predicted – okay, they could do some things offensively and they struggled a little bit offensively. And I'm sure we'll talk about that in the do not like portion of, uh, of our conversation. But I guess the, the thing I thought that stood out was the fact that if they're going to do that, they need to do something different defensively. Like, I don't think you can switch Giannis, Jabari and Mirza. If you're, if you're in, whoever you have at center, especially if it's Monroe, but even with Plumlee or Henson, I don't think Giannis can come away from the rim area. So he he can't the, – the, you have to find a way to keep him there. So maybe that means there's even more switching that he'll always stay down there, or maybe that means there's less switching that he's going to stay with more of a true power forward. And uh, he just needs to be there because there was times last night where someone from the Mavs would get to the rack and they would get by uh, Monroe, and all of a sudden the person challenging at the rim was Mirza or Jabari, and, well – that's a layup every time. And if it if they didn't get by Monroe and Monroe challenged, well, then it comes off the glass and on the backside rebounding is Mirza or Jabari. And, well, that might not go great as well. So they need to find a way to keep Giannis by the rim in that defense, or I guess in that uh, roster, uh, in that lineup. So they'll, that'll be interesting to see because maybe they could get creative um and try to something weird they could just do everything like normal but no matter what they need to keep Giannis by the rim and and I think that was something we kind of saw and I I guess I put it in the recap too but I'll be interested offensively uh both both Jabari and Mirza are trying to do things differently than they normally do in that Jabari has been on the baseline pretty much uh hence my nickname for him baseline Bari and he he's like to work there and Mirza's like to work above the break and ideally for the Bucks if Jabari's going to take on more playmaking and Mirza's going to take more of the spot up shooting role Mirza needs to start to shift down to the corners and Jabari needs to come back up towards the top so I think right now with some of the struggles we've seen from Giannis and I think we're about to the do not like portion and we'll talk about that coming up. But I think some of Giannis's struggles are that those two guys aren't super comfortable going to the places that this Bucks offense needs them to go at this point. Uh, both of them like to be Jabari's doing a nice job coming up the floor more. And that's nice to see. Cause again, the Bucks are going to need some playmaking from him, and you're going to get that in the middle of the floor. But at the same time, Mirza is maybe struggling a little bit to go to the corners. So it, it's just a weird confluence of those guys trying to figure out their roles and their new quote unquote spots on the floor. Yeah, and I don't know how if it's that complicated. I mean, Jabari, I think, should still try to find the corners a fair bit, um, you know, even if he's trying to be in a more central role in terms of touches. Uh, because as as we said, you know, he's he's obviously a guy who works the baseline really well when when a penetrator gets in the lane and uh, his guy has to sort of shade up a little bit. He's obviously great running that baseline, getting in for dunks. We saw him hit uh, corner three against the Bulls. That's you know probably the area where he's more comfortable shooting from at this point, the short corner versus uh, above the break on threes. And as we said, I think in the the podcast we did about three pointers, Toledovich has taken a really small proportion of I think like ten percent or less 
of his threes have come from the corners. So he's been a guy who, you know, has been more of a, a set screens, uh, pick and pop, or just kind of, you know, work from from the wings uh, and try to get open there. So, I mean, I think there are ways. I mean, at a minimum, they, those, you know, two guys are complementary in terms of where they maybe want to shoot and operate. You might want to get Jabari more central. You obviously want Giannis kind of more central. But uh, I think there are probably ways to reconcile those. Uh, as you were alluding to, things we did not like. Uh, we mentioned where Giannis was playing defensively, but probably the bigger, uh, I'm not feeling too great about this, is Giannis offensively. Uh, last night, two for eight, uh, you know, was had a slow start also in Chicago before kind of coming around a little bit. Um, but just kind of, I don't know, it doesn't really seem, things just seem kind of in disarray a lot of the time offensively to me. Uh, we joked last year how oftentimes you know, Giannis was putting up these awesome numbers in spite of the fact that he didn't really know what he was doing as a point guard. Uh, and it just seems like there's not a lot of you know fluency right now in the different lineups that we've seen. Uh, you know, I'd hope maybe part of it is just a lack of familiarity with different guys and um, different lineups being tried and Certainly, I haven't seen a lineup so far that I look at and say, yes, that one I'd be happy with <laughs> on opening night. So um, last night, I think if they had started Plumlee or Henson uh, instead of Monroe, I could have been pretty intrigued by by that lineup, uh, even if maybe it has some issues. Um, but I, I don't know. What are you seeing from Giannis? Is, is this something to maybe be a little concerned about? Or um, are you still at the point where, eh, preseason, who cares? We know he can play. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. I mean, we know he, we know he can play. So to be clear, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not concerned about that. But if he can play point, yeah, I think he's fine. Um, I think a lot of what you're seeing is kind of like I said, trying to figure out where guys are going, where they should be. Um, I don't think we've seen someone on this Bucks roster move the way Mirza does off ball, and uh, kind of the same way with Delhi. All those guys are going to move differently as he's trying to make reads. Um, and I think he's, I don't know if struggling is the right word because he's clearly thinking through these things much more than I think he used to. Uh, I, I thought last year after the all-star break, he was kind of just going and dribbling and kind of seeing where it would go. And that when, when there were the ugly possessions of Giannis at the point guard, it was cause he was just pounding the ball, just trying to figure out, okay, I don't know where I should go. I don't know who should possibly be open. I don't know where I should possibly pass it. So I'm just going to keep dribbling. And that was where some of those ugly possessions were. But now it seems like he's aware of what passes he should make. And I guess kind of what makes me think that is just when he's having these pick and rolls in the middle of the floor, there's times where either he'll pick up his dribble as he's made like a second move or He'll keep his dribble, but not kind of stay stationary, looking to like the opposite side for maybe a skip pass or something like that. So I think he's thinking through all these options, and I think it's kind of clear that they've upgraded his pick-and-roll intelligence, that they're making him think about these things more often. And I think he's trying to, trying to kind of figure out how to read things and how to see the floor and how to try to make those plays. But at the same time, he's struggling to keep some of his aggressiveness when he, when he does do that. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think this is all that surprising. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's, there's no doubt that he, he has struggled some, but I'm, I'm not particularly concerned about it. How about you? Yeah. I can, I mean, I'd be happier if he was out there, you know, scoring 15 points with seven assists in 20 minutes. 
but I, I think there's probably a lot going on and and obviously he's he worked all summer trying to to understand how to maybe make reads more instinctively and and more quickly and all that but he he's still playing with a bunch of new teammates that maybe he doesn't have full familiarity with. He's doing it without Chris Middleton on the court, who obviously is a pretty great crutch to have, yeah. uh, especially late in the clock. So some of that safety net is is gone for him. Uh, we mentioned, I mean, he scored more and more efficiently without Chris last year. So we do have a pretty good sample size that suggests that you know Chris or uh, that Giannis is not going to be lost without Chris on the court. Uh, but obviously, uh, you know, the, the, he's not sneaking up on anybody right now. Teams know that that he's going to be the guy that the offense runs through, um, and I hope you know we kind of see maybe some of the lineups settle down a little bit. I don't know how realistic that is with, with Jason <laughs> Kidd as a coach, um, but I you know I'd like to see a lineup of uh, you know probably more similar to what we saw last game, but with Della Vadova starting uh, in, at point guard. Uh, or what we saw, sorry, when, what we saw in the Chicago game, where we saw Plumlee start at the at the five, but but uh, no Del Vadova, or what we saw last night, except no Monroe. Yeah. Um, you know, having Del Vadova in the court, but then having Monroe is kind of like, okay, well, you know, I, I want to see what this team looks like with Del Vadova out there and somebody who's not going to demand a bunch of touches uh, in the paint. And and I think yeah, Greg Monroe s- stole a couple of assists from Giannis as well with missed layups, um, which seemed to be a, an issue for for a number of guys. Giannis had a had that one great kind of like Rondo yep. ball fake spin, and then he just completely blew like a two foot layup. So, yeah. um, you know, if that's opening night, hopefully he just dunks it uh, and <laughs> and is over with it. Um, I think in terms of other things that that maybe were less encouraging, uh, certainly the three point shooting, as we mentioned, uh, five out of sixteen last night. Uh, through two games, they are uh, second to last in the NBA with just twelve uh, above the break three pointers attempted per game uh they're done a little bit better mainly in part of maybe because of that first game when they took 13 corner threes uh from the corners but uh i think the the ongoing question of whether the milwaukee bucks will shoot a a reasonable number of three-pointers this year uh, remains very much uh an ongoing question and last night you know again just a lot of guys just don't really seem to be wired to shoot threes and um michael carter williams continues to shoot very poorly and um, he's mainly looking for mid-range jump shots and, uh, you know, a lot of the younger guys, I think, um, you know, with the exception of really Delvadova, Toledovich, uh, I don't know anybody else. I mean, Terry's nope. not playing right now. Those are pretty much the only guys who seem to be like Thon, running. Maybe. And Thon, yeah. Thon took a couple of threes. He's not bashful. Um, but he also took a couple of long twos, which he made. Uh, so I, yeah, I just don't, I, I just, look at these guys and I just feel like they, they don't want to shoot threes, you know, especially these young guys. Like I don't think Malcolm Brogdon really wants to shoot a three or he doesn't really have confidence yeah. that he can shoot a three. Uh, Rashad Vaughn, I don't think has much confidence period. He didn't play last night due to injury. Uh, and obviously Giannis, you know, airballed a wide open three from the top of the key after he was basically challenged to, to shoot. Um, he did hit a kind of college three pointer at one point early in the game. Um, but, uh, certainly all those questions about, you know, teams basically laying off and daring the bucks to shoot and how the bucks are going to react to that and whether the bucks can take advantage of that. I think right now those are, are probably still very big questions. And I think in terms of Giannis as well, my biggest concern is just that teams are really going to be able to load up and pack the paint, um, not just because of his lack of shooting, but just, you know, 
Jabari and, and potentially the other guys on the court with them. So um, so that will be be very obviously interesting to watch uh, whether they can kind of get more serious about, about shooting. Um, One thing I was going to say there was that I think it's very much a culture type of thing where these guys don't want to do that. So the only way that you can make them want to do it is by essentially telling them you have to do it. And if there's, if there's one thing I think we've seen, uh, uh, there's many things we've seen, but one thing we've seen while Jason Kidd has been here is the fact that he's probably not going to tell people to do that. He, he's probably not going to say you have to shoot threes. Uh, that's just not something he's going to do. So, until those guys get more confidence, it, it's probably going to be a struggle to, to really get some threes up. Yeah. Um, one guy who does not struggle to get shots up uh, is Michael Beasley. Uh, I just really didn't enjoy watching Michael Beasley last night. He only played nine minutes. Uh, I think he was one for five. Had seven defensive rebounds and nine total rebounds in only nine minutes, so that's impressive. But in general, I don't know. I, I mean, it just looks like he's expect. It just looks like he's doing way more playmaking than I would want Michael Beasley to make. And I think especially when Beasley and MCW are out on the court together, there's just sort of way too much chaos for my taste uh, on the offensive end. So uh, I don't know how I'm feeling about the Michael Beasley experiment right now. Yeah, I mean, you we talked about corner threes and guys willingly doing it, and in Chicago. Beasley was getting some threes up and he was kind of staying there. And then last night, I think we saw the Michael Beasley that, uh, well, we saw Michael Beasley. He, <laughs> he, he would catch near the three point line. He'd pump fake, take a couple dribbles, throw up a runner. He would shot fake, take a pull up jumper. He would shot fake, spin move in between the legs, step back, throw one off the glass. That's Michael Beasley. And he can, Again, he can attempt to say, and we can write all the puff pieces we want about him understanding his role and him maturing. But Michael Beasley is Michael Beasley. He he's a guy that tries to get buckets, and that's how he's wired. And even last year, when he was a he's a quote unquote good role player for the Houston Rockets, is because they said, "Hey, Michael, just go up there chucking. It's fine. We, that's what we want you to do. We want you to get shots up." And he had an okay year with the Rockets because he was able to do that. And when he's found success in the NBA, it's because they've said, just go out there and shoot and try to score. And then maybe he can do something good. But if you want him to play within a small role, if you want him to have great shot selection, if you want him to only take great shots, I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> not going to happen. It, 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 that's Michael Beasley. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really curious uh, how this will work out over the course of the full season because I think nominally Michael Beasley's role in, in the modern NBA is probably as a power forward more often than not. Uh, and I'm really interested to see on this team if that's where he plays, if he ends up playing more small forward. And as the season goes on in particular, I mean, I have no interest in seeing Beasley get minutes over Thon Maker, for instance. Nope. And honestly, given Michael Beasley's sort of history, when you look at his advanced metrics and his sort of lack of history of really helping his team outscore the other team when he's on the court. I'm not even sure you're going to miss and miss that much by putting Thon no. Maker out there over Michael Beasley at, at the four. Um, and obviously it'll be, you know, even if you, you do worse, well, maybe that's for the best because you know, if you're, if you're not going anywhere and, and this is ultimately going to be a lottery season, I know that's not how the bucks are, are viewing it. Yeah. So shame on me for, for being a pessimist, but, um, 
I think that'll be an interesting thing to watch. Uh, and uh, let's just say this. I hope that a few months from now, we're not having podcasts about how um, Michael Beasley is stealing minutes from from better players. But oh, unfortunately, unfortunately, if he's playing, uh, you know, looking at small forward, power forward, the only guys who really play those positions are guys we'd probably rather have play than him. So, yep. uh, so we'll see. Uh, he 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 makes sense to me as sort of if if Jabari Giannis got hurt, sort of a break in case of emergency type guy. Um, but other than that. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, we talked too much about Michael Beasley. I don't want to talk about Michael Beasley anymore. Um, <laughs> we mentioned uh, people not shooting threes. Uh, well, there's one thing left to mention, and I don't know if you're going to like that one much either. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is this, is this, is this, is this about going to be about inbound passes? How? How <laughs> did it happen again, Frank? I, I, if I have one tick... And and I think I'm pretty mild. No, I'm maybe I'm not mild mannered, but that one, man, it just gets me. And if you don't know what I'm referencing, go check out the recap. I it was my least favorite play of the season last year. Um, I I've had Frank tweeted out multiple times during the summer when I've talked about Jari Parker's defense. It was him pressuring the ball out to half court on the inbounder. So he's on the inbounder and he's trying to deny a ball to the backcourt, which doesn't make a lot of sense. And when it happens, the ball gets entered into the big. The guy that inbounded sprints to the basket and gets a dunk. Uh, last season, it was the Magic and Evan Fournier. It happened, three, I think, three other times last year. Marcus Marcus Morris against the Pistons got one yep. as well. I think. Um, so it, it happened three or four times last year, and I kind of just said, how does this occur at this level of basketball? Um, that's a mistake that you'd make in sixth grade, and someone would tell you, hey, if you're pressuring the inbounder, it's great. We want you to pressure him, but don't ever pressure this way because you'll give up a layup every single time. That's what's going to happen if you pressure to the high side. And he did it again last night. And I just I can't comprehend how it continues to happen because there's no way a coaching staff wouldn't tell him, don't do that. Just don't. There's no way. There's no way that an NBA coaching staff hasn't told him, don't do that. You're going to give up a layup every time. And then – a play later, he didn't pressure as hard, but then still got beat on the inbounder making a simple shuffle cut to get to the basket. So Harrison Barnes gets two easy baskets on inbounds plays where he's the inbounder. It, it's mind, it, it's just mind-boggling. So that was the downside of Jabari Parker's night. Uh, and I think uh, Harrison Barnes was three out of 13. I think all three were dunks, and I think all three came with I want to say all three came with Jabari guarding him. Yeah. Um, he had another one with Jabari, kind of got uh, screened and couldn't get through it. And uh, and Barnes got a dunk, kind of uh, basically a nice kind of like backdoor-ish type pass. Um, so, yeah. So Jabari getting buckets, giving up points. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh-huh. That will obviously be a huge theme this year, Jabari Parker's defense. Uh, Thank you for giving else? me that, Frank. I needed that. Thank yeah. you. Any anything else from Madison to wrap up this one? Um, I think we hit most of our, our likes and dislikes. Delhi oops. Delhi Delhi did have a few oops. I mean, he threw an alley oop to Greg Monroe in the first game, so you know he's got advanced alley oop skills. We were concerned. <laughs> we weren't sure if he was good or bad or what, but uh, so far looking pretty promising, right? Yeah, and Monroe got threw one down in Madison on a deli oop too. Oh, so, oh, that was right. Okay. Uh, he he's not afraid to throw it up there, and the 
Actually, the one funny thing was Jabari, it was, I think that's the third quarter, and Jabari had just thrown down that that silly putback that he was able to get through two defenders. And then I think he had just gotten maybe another alley-oop or maybe another dunk. I can't remember how it went. And then Delhi threw one. I don't even know how high that ball was. And, like, I was up off my couch ready to explode if that one – like, if Jabari's actually able to grab it and throw it down. Sadly, he was able to grab it and then went to the other side of the rim and laid it in. But it was like – Delhi will throw a lob to anyone anywhere. Uh, so that I think that's exciting. We we've seen very little of Delhi and Plumley. Um, so I'm excited for him to to test out and take uh, Miles Plumley for a test drive because that that's going to be fun. <laughs> I can't remember pretty much anything that Miles Plumley has done the past two games. He's he's kind of been. This was basically sort of what I would how I would have described Miles Plumley pre All Star break last uh... year. I know yeah. he was on the team. I know he played at various points. I don't. I remember he had that little ball fake and lefty hook against the Bulls. Yeah. I pretty much don't remember anything else that Miles Plumlee's done. And uh, hopefully Let's Miles Plumlee changes there. that. Let's just leave that Let's, there. We'll we, leave it there. We don't we'll need leave to talk it about there. it. Okay. All right. We'll wrap it up there. Uh, next game on Wednesday. We will be back with you, of course, before then. We hope you enjoyed the game. Uh, imagine some of our listeners were in Madison. Let us know uh, how it was. Um, and be sure to stay tuned for us. Subscribe on iTunes or RSS. Leave us those iTunes reviews. We really appreciate them. We'll do um, some some shout outs uh, this week for sure for, for those of you who review and uh, give us those five star reviews. They're hugely appreciated. And uh, until tomorrow, for Eric Name, I'm Frank Madden. Thanks again.